right, and for the final time of the 2020 fantasy football season and 2020, the wild year that it has been, I'm Seth Woolcock. You're listening to the In Between Fantasy Football Podcast, your destination for both some feel-good life and fantasy football advice. Joined by my guys, as always, Thomas Kuda, Nate Poolvote, Scott Rainier, and making his podcasting co-host debut for In Between Media, Gary Zamaripa from the Kansas side of Kansas City, baby. What's up, Drum Gary? Roll, please. Hey, how's it going, Seth? Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. This is great. Yeah, excited to have you a member of the team, Gary. So, yeah, um, you can find me on Twitter at GaryZamo1. Uh, like Seth said, my name is Gary Zamaripa, so now you know why I go by Gary Zamo one right? <laughs> so, But, yeah, I've been playing fantasy football for probably – 20 years, I guess, 15 years in Dynasty. So I'm kind of kind of been up and down and through the weeds and over the hills. So uh, um, this is my first year, though, with when the pandemic stuff hit. I was spending some a lot like a lot of us spending a lot more time on Twitter and trying to just pass the time, you know, and and ended up hooking on to a bunch of fantasy football accounts. And, 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 you know, just from there, just like what we've heard a lot of people this year, you just start getting sucked into it and enjoying it and just can't get enough of it anyway right and then you have a way to creatively express yourself on top of that so yeah i've been going full steam it seems like since preseason you know rookie time so yeah this has been this has been great so it's kind of and it's cool to finish off the um the season here with the uh, ibt pods thanks again for having me gary we, we we can't appreciate you enough here man the constant support you and everyone in the community has shown us this season has been tremendous so thank you for that. Excited to have you on the show. Tom, Scott, how are you guys doing? Uh, how did the championship weekends wrap up for you? Well, I, I went one for one. Uh, I lost one to, to Nate, Reander. I had Alvin Kamara. A blowout, yeah. Got Kamara. <laughs> well deserved. If I have to lose to anyone, I'm fine with it being Nate. <laughs> and thank then it's the Dynasty League. Uh, well, my guy, mine and Seth's, I guess. Um, back-to-back championships. Go for the three-peat next year. Congrats. Congrats. Nice. I, you got it done, man. You got it done. You had to claw yeah, and scrap cool. your way through. Yeah, I definitely was for sure I was going to lose. But, hey, you know, things broke my way. Scott, how about you? How'd your channel? Uh, let's see. I had a lot of fun this week on Twitter and hanging out. But I did not have <laughs> any luck in my championship. Um, I was in one championship, and then I'm in this other wacky Eliminator League that's just for fun. And I was still alive in that one. So in my championship game, my actual championship game, I dodged Kamara. I dodged who else? Um, Mike Evans, Tom Brady. I dodged all those early guys. So I was feeling pretty good. And then I went up against Miles Gaskin, David Johnson, and Devontae Adams. So I put this little thing on Twitter about this week in PPR, there were 38 players above 20 points. Um, there were zero of those players on my team. So that <laughs> that kind of tells you the story. Uh, it was just not your year at that point. <laughs> and then in my Eliminator League, I was down by like five going into Monday Night Football Night, Josh Allen. And he had Stefan Diggs. So oh. oof, that doesn't quite add up. So anyway, Ouch. all good, though. Nice. Nate, how how did it fare out for you other than the in-between media league, or was that your your only chip this year? Uh, well, I made – Jen and I made that uh, Dynasty IDP League championship, that startup. That was last week. This week, Tom – it was actually 
I had like finished out in every league. So I just had the matchup with Tom. That was it. Awesome. And I and I won. And I one don't want to go because I love you. Hey, hey, it was a good victory lab, man. Well earned. So how often do you get a 60-point game in a championship week? Like, like never, never. It doesn't happen. <laughs> that was so, no like so I'm happy. What did what did I win? Did I win anything? You won the in between media office league, dude. That's all there is to it. Congratulations! I feel like I should get a trophy. Maybe we'll figure out something. Maybe I'll send you like a bush light, like like stick of them. You know what I mean? Form them into some type of trophy for you or something. Like a wreath, bush light wreath. Bush light wreath. It has to, dude. It has to be the hunter's cans. We should yeah. definitely have a trophy. I still have not found those hunting cans, man. I've been so unlucky. Every time I go to the distributor, I see like the rack where they were. Like I see the hunting background. They're like, "Oh, bud, just sold out of all the bushlight hunting cans." I'm just like, "God damn it!" Every time, <laughs> every, every time. time. So, oh, uh, guys, we are going to talk about football today at some point. I do assure you that. Um, uh, I just want to say thank you to everyone out there so far this season. It's honestly been the, – the support's been overwhelming at times. The likes, the listens, the shares, the kind words, it's all been amazing. So thank you. Thank you for tuning in once again tonight. If you want if you want something else to watch instead of us, there is the Pandy Awards tonight. We've been nominated for a Fantasy Football YouTube Channel Award, and that's a huge honor. I, that was really fun to see. Yeah, man. It's awesome. And uh, if you guys aren't familiar with uh, Matt Donnelly at Dingus4, um, he was really cool pumping a lot of our stuff. He's with Dynasty Vipers, and he's a great guy. And most of what he does is focused on other people and charity. So uh, check him out. Check Dynasty Vipers out. Give him a follow. Yeah, he's got he's got less chest hair now. Oh, so much <laughs> less. So – Tom, uh, you know, I wanted to just say something as we kind of approach the new year here. Here we are on a live stream with three gentlemen, three awesome gentlemen who've become some of my best friends. And, you know, we have an entire community behind us now. And last New Year's Eve, I was down at your house in Florida, and we kind of talked about continuing this podcast. For those of you who don't know who are tuning in tonight, this podcast was started uh, at my campus newspaper by myself. And kind of hosted it last year. Tom came on a lot, brought some other guests in the community on as well. Uh, But then this year we started it up uh, once again. We found Nate, Scott, and Gary along the way. It's it's been a blast to to have that. Uh, What would you you have said, Tom, if I would have told you that, where we are now? I mean, if you could have told me just about anything that had happened this year, I probably would have taken your bush away from you until you go to bed. <laughs> that's that's honestly about where I would have been. <laughs> that's fair. Honestly, there was bush light too. That's definitely was. You know, I hunted for it before you came. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely, uh, guys. We're gonna round out the season tonight on the show. Uh, we have our in between media. Uh, staff awards we're going to give out tonight. Uh, super excited for this. W- while there's been a lot of craziness going on in the world, the fantasy football uh, world has been no different as well. And guys, what do you think? Should we jump into this and, and give out these awards? Let's do, do it. it. All right. So everyone knows how in life, you know, we've talked a lot about this in between media this season. There's going to be curveballs coming your way. 2020 was the example of a curveball in itself. 
So in that notion, we're going to give out our Curveball Award. These are players that a lot of us maybe were down on or didn't really respect coming into the season, but ended up being a delightful surprise. Uh, Nate, you want to hand out this award, buddy? Yeah, we can do it. So um, I really am a big fan of this guy. Um, I voted for someone else, but that doesn't matter. Uh, Ryan Tannehill. I mean, wow. Like, that's really all I can say about what he's done since he took the helm for Marcus Mariota. Wow. Dude, that gaze effect is – oh, man. Because he's been stellar, and, like, he hasn't put up – He's put up big numbers on occasion, but what he does is he just simply doesn't make mistakes like he did in Miami. I mean, the TDs are there. Like the yards are similar to what they were in Miami at one point, but the TDs, 32 TDs, seven interceptions, that's a career low for him. That's awesome. Well, his completion percentage is a bit higher. Like He's just been more efficient all around. Tom, you you talked about it on an early podcast, one of our first podcasts of the season. We did a mock draft, and you were talking about taking Ryan Tannehill over guys like Matt Ryan and Carson Wentz. And, and I kind of laughed a little bit, not because like I didn't believe in Ryan Tannehill. Obviously there was some doubt because we saw what he did last year as a limited sample size. We saw what he did in the playoffs and, and maybe wasn't as used as he has been this season. W- what's your thoughts on Ryan Tannehill, man? And why does he deserve this award for you? Well, for me, I guess it was just one of those times where I kind of went with a gut feeling. Like, a lot, I mean, I can't blame anybody for being down on him. At Miami, he was known for being hot and cold. You know, he'd throw a few great games at you, and then he would just go back to sucking, throwing picks all day. So I, I really don't blame people who were down on him. But there was just some part of me that, like, saw the back end of that season after he took over in Tennessee. It, it was just different. It was a different Tannehill. Like, he was making his reads. He was going through his progressions he really seemed to understand and control that offense. And for him, I think that the Titans decision to basically focus their entire offense around Derrick Henry really helped him a lot as well. Yeah. Cause that let him be, he's better than a game manager, but all he had to be was a game manager. And I think that really just helped him shine completely. And he basically was just free. I mean, if you went and drafted him, mm-hmm spend nothing on him and you got a QB seven in return, you know, like really just worn out completely. I feel like if the jets actually fire Adam Gase, like they should, I feel like we're having this conversation about Sam Darnold next year. Probably. And that whole jets, that whole jets offense. If they don't draft Justin Fields. Yeah. I don't think they they will, man. Sam Darnold's a good quarterback in a just very bad system. I agree. I agree. You tell them that though. You don't know what the hell the jets are going to do, bro. That's <laughs> true. I mean, I can, yeah. This is a tangent, a Darnold tangent for another time. <laughs> uh, gentlemen, before we move on here, I do want to throw out some of our nominees for this category. And it was Ronald Jones who finished the year as RB 21 in PPR leagues. How about JD McKissick smooches down there uh, in Washington? RB15, that's insane to me. That is crazy, especially yeah. Antonio Gibson there. Dude, yeah. when, they, when they find their quarterback with Ron Rivera, that's going to be a very good team. Mm-hmm. They've got an alpha, badass wide receiver in McLaurin. Yep. Gibson is only going to get better. Um, Ron Rivera is one of my favorite coaches of all time. Like, they, I mean, it's, it's yeah. Future's bright if they uh, they make the right decisions for sure. Yep. Chase Young, what can you say? Oof. That was a good pick. 
Did, did any of you guys pick up like JD McKissick this year? Like when he was first kind of a, a emerging as a waiver wire target earlier in the season, I didn't buy into him. Like I think that was one of those early weeks. I was like, ah, oh, there's no one out there. I really want to use a waiver claim on this week. And yeah, he, he proved me wrong. Yeah, I picked him up and played him, but I wasn't happy about it. Like I dreaded throwing him in, and then he just kind of stuck. <laughs> he, he ended up getting more more carries in a few games than I expected, but I always kind of viewed him the same way I viewed Naheem Hines. You know, it's like I hope he gets that receiving touchdown. I hope he gets those, you know, those eight eight receptions or whatever it is. But I'm never really that comfortable um, plugging him in. You know, totally. Yeah, now, I never want to play those guys like that every week you know you can and you know like Tree Cohen you know like in the last couple of years ago he, had, he put up some points um the RB15 McKissick like you said there's there's people you wouldn't expect and at the end of the year when you look at the numbers you're like well he was what because mm-hmm. every every week like Thomas said you come in there you're like I don't want to play this guy or you're playing him because you're already you're like you're decimated by injuries so you don't have a choice uh, but, you know, those are the kind of guys for me as well so that's why I was surprised to see 15. Yeah, well, on the flip side of that, this is something to be very careful of. When you, we can talk about it all we want now, but then you'll be sitting sitting in front of your draft and you'll be looking at stats from this past year, and you'll see that RB15, or you'll see whatever Tyler Lockett is because of those two huge games. And it'll seem like, hey, look, he averaged this amount of points. He was this number receiver. That's good stuff. But it's like you gotta you got to look at the game by game because Lockett, yeah, he won you a couple of weeks but then he didn't really do anything for you. Right. As much as I tried to logic my way into him doing something for me last week, it just didn't happen. Um, so just be careful of that. That's all. 75 receptions, gentlemen. 75 receptions, 560 yards through the air for J.D. McKissick. Add another 365 and one on the ground. Like That's a pretty good season. I He, he was my runner-up for this. I don't know where you guys had him, but I thought he was a good pick for this. Uh, Robbie Anderson, he was another one on our list. But gentlemen, let's talk about emerging heroes. You know, we're going to talk about guys who came into this year. Tom, again, going back to one of those first podcasts with you over the summer, we talked about a lot of the guys we're about to talk about for this emerging hero award, our rookie of the year, if you would. Tom, you want to hand, hand this one off for us? Yeah, man. I mean, this is definitely one I know you're happy about because Justin Jefferson ended up winning this one. And <laughs> he was like, your guy. I Like, I remember the first time we talked about it, you told me that you were going to draft him like in the like, first, or maybe with your first round pick in Dynasty this year. And I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, he got stuck in the Vikings. He's going nowhere with this mm-hmm. life. So, I mean, congrats to you for picking that one up. But yeah, I mean, wide receiver eight is where he ended up for the season, which is just incredible for somebody we all thought was going to get stuck as like a third stringer. Well, mm-hmm. and not only that, dude, he was the no- number 41 overall. In standard, twenty five number twenty five overall in PPR. Yeah, it's it's like, dude, I was high on Jefferson, and I think it was because of Seth. But man, I picked him up a couple places, and he was like close to a league winner for me. Two places. I mean, he's a stud. Like at the end of the day, he is a stud. He's a good talent, and I definitely like the talent. For me, though, the biggest thing. And something to keep in mind for next season as well is those vacated targets. Like Stephon Diggs leaves. That's 100-plus targets gone. Kyle Rudolph is not what he was. And unfortunately, Irv Smith is not what we thought he was either as a community. Yeah. Yeah. Yet. Yet. I'm not closing the door yet. But but I'm just I'm just trying to, you know, kind of reamplify that 
while Justin Jefferson's a great target I, and a great player, I, I think at the end of the day, this goes back to, to math and targets and, and trends here with all, all those vacated ones from Diggs lead. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I would agree. I would agree that I played a lot, played a lot into it, but I mean, he's one of those guys where I, you know, I look back on my draft, you know, and it's, it's hard to second guess your draft. Cause obviously you don't know things you can look at every round and be like, Oh, that guy was available when I picked that guy. But Justin Jefferson is one of those guys where I was like, if I would just pull the trigger, you know, I was I was sifting through which rookie receiver I wanted to take a flyer on. I picked Rager. I was wrong. I didn't pick Jefferson. But I mean, what can you say about this guy? I mean, from that first little dance he did into the end zone, you know, one of the smoothest ball spinners I've ever seen with that ball spin thing that I've tried yeah. a bunch of times. I don't know how to do it. Um, and then, I mean, he ended up with in full, full PPR 16.8 points a game as a rookie. Yep. You know, get a couple of 30 plus game, 30 plus point games, a couple of 25 plus. I mean, he won you weeks as a rookie. I mean, he was just he was just a pure stud. Well, your Rager wasn't all that far off in the in dynasty startup or at least a rookie drafts. He was going right around the same places as, as Jefferson. So it's kind of just mm-hmm. one of those take your, you know, take go with your gut. And, and, you know, sometimes you just get it right and sometimes you don't. But I don't think you were all far off on that. No, I yeah, just picked the wrong one. And imagine, oh, just imagine hurt. when Justin Jefferson has a quarterback. <laughs> you hate you hate Kirk Cousins almost as much as you do with Derek a Brown, passion. <laughs> I hate no, I hate Kirk Cousins more than I hate, pretty much hate. Hates a strong word. I yeah. dislike Kirk Cousins more than probably any other quarterback in the league. Honestly, I think he is so overrated. But he's, he's not like the money, but no, and I think that's what I think that's where I get so angry about it is he made so much money to be a mediocre quarterback. Like he wasn't great in Washington. He was okay. He was Trent Dilfer essentially. Well, like, he, Cousins, he's a good game manager. He's just not great. He's, yeah, he's he's Trent Dilfer. He's yeah. above average. <laughs> He's I, better than Trent Dilfer, but he's not. I want to be able to say more about my quarterback than he's slightly above average. Kirk Cousins yeah. would tear up the Broncos, and you'd love it. You'd love it if he came to Denver. I so you'd hate know. it. You'd, no, you'd hate it, but he'd win think, games. He'd no, go 8-8, 9-7. Eight, eight, that's what everybody said about Joe Flacco, and look how that turned out. We ended up with Joe oh. Flacco turning into well, – Joe Flacco was old Drew. bust and he was never good. <laughs> exactly, yeah. and neither was Kirk Cousins. That's Kirk what I'm Cousins saying. Okay. He's, He's okay. Solid. Dude, the He's Broncos solid. have – we have Blake Bortles. I would take Blake Bortles over Kirk Cousins. Give no, me Blake Bortles come all day every day He's, over Kirk Cousins. At least Bortles has a better arm and he's more dynamic than Cousins. Bortles can move in the pocket. Cousins Bortles. can't. He makes way more poor decisions, though. Does he make more poor decisions than Drew Locke? And remember, folks, this section is called Emerging Heroes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry we get sidetracked. That's no, no, good. good stuff. So who wins the player I hate the most award? I guess it's uh, your guy, Nate. Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Gary, you, you, uh, you kind of went a different way with this uh, – Emerging Hero Award. Who was your thought? Uh, he didn't win, but he was a strong nomination for the Rookie of the Year, our Emerging Hero Award. Yeah, I went with James Robinson. Um, he's the RB4, and he was free, essentially. <coughs> so I was kind of judge a lot of these picks on what did it 
cost to acquire him versus what kind of output did I get from him? Yeah. And there's no big, bigger ceiling in than you know getting someone off the waiver wire that it finishes that high up. I mean, even Jefferson, we were just talking about he he actually cost a draft pick. I mean, it was probably like a ninth or a tenth pick. I'm not sure what his ADP was, but at least it cost you some pick. This guy, you just had to drop somebody off the end of your bench, and he was plug in and and leaving really. He was undrafted. Yeah, like in real life, undrafted. undrafted, which is. <laughs> It would be the RB4 in fantasy. I voted for James Robinson. (laughs) I I think the only reason I'm not fighting it is because James Robinson, that's right, he didn't play in the championship game. Justin Jefferson did. That's a big – that's big. Fair. You know. Some of the names that are on that list that we were picking from, I mean, there there was a lot of good candidates on there. I think you could make an argument for every single one of them that that we voted on. If, if things would have broke a little bit differently for everyone, like Antonio Gibson, he was a great rookie, just ended up getting hurt at the end. Uh, you know, bad luck there. DeAndre Swift, he had that freaking concussion in practice, which just, you know, drives you insane with the Lions and that whole situation. But he was RB20 on the year. Great season for him. Uh, he was someone I was high on this season coming in. Someone no one, or at least Tom and I, we were really low on coming into the season. Justin Herbert finishes a QB 10, uh, not starting week one, too. Yeah, that that was definitely a wild trip. And then, like, Brandon Ayuk was in this category for us. If he'd had an actual yeah. throwing on the football, maybe we'd be talking a different game. That was disappointing this week, though. That was really disappointing. Yeah, it was. Four points. Yeah, it was. No lie. I'm, I'm going to change the definition briefly. So this is rookie who came through who came through for fantasy owners. So I'm going to redefine what came through means. Uh-huh. I'm going to give an honorable mention to Cole Komet. Um, hashtag Cole Komet Club. And the way he came through is he somehow, some way, created this weird, bizarre club um, that some people probably are pretty annoyed by at this point. Um, other people are confused by. Uh, <laughs> but... You know, for me personally, it turned into this really fun charity thing, and I donated 100 bucks to Mary's Place of Washington a couple of days ago. Um, awesome, Scott. Even though he never really did any of the stuff I said I'd donate 100 bucks for. <laughs> 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 um, it doesn't matter. It was it was a lot of fun, and I love that that part of this community, um, yep. and that's why, you know, losing this year in championships for me didn't really matter that much because I'm having I'm having so much fun outside of my own personal teams. So anyway, hashtag Cole Komet, what up? It all it all starts with just an F U Cole Komet and you know you kind of go from there and <laughs> then, then you have to stream him in the spot fishbowl. He asks us very sincerely, you know, after thanking us over and over again. Um, when he asks us how the club started and we get to tell him, well, started with F Cole Komet actually. Hopefully, uh, hopefully Cole Komet can redeem himself next year, gentlemen. You know, I, I, I'm definitely throwing out some late round picks on him. He'll be my Blake Jarvin this season. So hopefully he can, uh, hopefully he can come back, redeem himself. And speaking of redemption, how about uh, Gary? You want to hand out our redemption award, uh, the comeback player of the year for fantasy football, if you would? Yeah, sure. So the comeback player that we voted on. Um, ended up being kind of a divisive kind of guy where there's people that loved him, people that hated him, but he actually, he came through in the end and and I think he was on, he was on a good number of fantasy championship teams, I would guess, David Montgomery. 
he started out pretty slow. I mean, and I, and I, I had him on one team and I was able to keep him on the bench until like the last, till he kind of lit up. So I could see if he used a first or early second on him, I, you'd be pretty upset because he, he didn't, and, and maybe because of the quarterback situation, just didn't gel. He wasn't scoring points and it, and it was a frustrating deal, but he finished strong and um, he's, uh, he's redeemed himself. The redemption award winner. Let's go. Dude, so his last five games, I'm going to eat some crow here because I was, <laughs> I wasn't wrong about him. I was right about him in the moment. I didn't see them getting things right and using him properly. I didn't think Nagy was capable of that. But he has had 25, 27, 24, 29, and 20 points the last five weeks. No joke. No joke. 25 again. No joke. I mean, he scored 24 points only seeing the field for 66% of the snaps in week 14 against Houston. So one of those games, he is a league winner. One of those games he busted off an 80-yard touchdown run, run in the first quarter and only got 10 more carries the rest of the game, inexplicably. But that could, right. have, been, that could have been a 40-point game. Mm-hmm. Could have been. Should have yeah, been. Game. Six tutties, baby. Six tutties. Um, <laughs> some of the other candidates here for redemption, uh, uh, the Redemption Award, Adam Thielen, he bounces back nicely this season. He's a wide receiver one once again uh, with Justin Jefferson this time around. Rob Gronkowski, he, he he got a couple votes. Nate, you showed Gronk some love. What did you like out of Gronk this season? Well, so the dude retired, spent a year promoting a CBD company, and presumably, I'm assuming he probably smoked so, a bunch of weed. As one does. Right, as one does when they retire from the NFL per Megatron. Um, he had no intention of getting back into football. And then Tom Brady drags him back in. <laughs> he wasn't in football shape at camp. It took him, what, six weeks to get right. But, dude, once he got right, I mean, he was putting up crazy numbers. And he uh, he became – he very quickly became a big part of that offense, like to the point where you couldn't – you really just couldn't bench him. No, it's that old-school connection. He went full Gronk smash, like – yeah, he did. He spent a year getting his body right. Yeah, man. I mean, literally, Tom Brady was just like, fam, we're moving to Tampa. Okay, come get this. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to th- throw something out to you guys. Like, do you realize like this season has almost been better? It, it has been better for Gronk in a lot of ways than his 2018 season was. It, this season, 73 targets. 2018, 72 targets. This season, 43 receptions. Then 47 receptions. He, he has almost 600 this year, had 680 that year, but seven tutties, man. Like, that was sweet to see some Gronk spiking in Tampa Bay. Tom, I'm sure you were excited being uh, not too far from there. Yeah, listen, I mean, you know I'm a diehard Steelers fan until I die, but since I live in Florida now, Tampa's kind of okay. like a team here. But I, I'll tell you what, man, Bruce Arians, he's so good at getting tight ends working into his offensive scheme. Like, I'm not surprised that he ended up with seven touchdowns this year. And I, I won't be surprised to see him do more in the playoffs, honestly. Oh, no, he's going to go off in the playoffs. I hope so. It's going to be Bank so it. Bank it. <laughs> I mean, you can just look at week 16. I mean, he saved his best for the championship week, too. You know, two, two, two catches, 58 yards, but both catches, touchdowns. Right. So, I mean. That he, Mike Evans he, efficiency. He came in the form. He was, he was my runner-up on this list. Mine, too. 
a couple of the other candidates seem like TJ Hawkinson. Gary, you were pretty fond of TJ Hawkinson for possibly this redemption award. I mean, he was pretty trash his rookie season uh, other than week one when he had that blow up game, kind of really disappointed people who spent all their fab in early 2019 on him. <laughs> yeah, and that's why I considered – that's why I voted for him is because I thought he he was like tight end 31. He had injuries and, and all that as well, but still tight end 31. So coming into this year, he was – easily attainable. I was drafting him in startups in the 11th round. It's just nobody was, everyone was ignoring him. And now he's a tight end three. So that's a pretty good asset going forward. Um, you know, now you're never going to, if we did a startup now, I mean, he, he's going to be drafted really early. So that's what I thought about him. I didn't think the Davis, but he didn't come through in the playoffs like some of these David Montgomery did. So now had I, had I considered that, I probably, my vote would have gone to Montgomery for that reason only. But, you know, the, week 14 15 16 are the ones that count and yeah and montgomery came up big and hawk really didn't but through the you know the course of the year especially in kind of an unstable position like tight end where you're kind of wondering who you're going to play if you get an injury he was a, a nice thing to have to just put in your lineup and, and not worry about yeah Plus, no lie i'm definitely keeping an eye on every tight end that comes out of iowa state from now until they get mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, gentlemen, uh, we have another award to get to and being, being said that this goes to, to my guy, um, I, I would like to this one away if that's okay with you. Fine. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. All right. So this is our true underdog story award. And, you know, we write a lot about this at in between media, you know, shit happens in life, you know. Sometimes you're not always the favorite to win, like David Montgomery. But at the end of the day, you know, you know, there are times that you can overcome a lot in life and and beat adversity. And and you know, despite all that you've overcome, you know, you can provide something uh, to the world. And and in this point, it's to your fantasy team. So the true underdog story award for 2020 uh, for In Between Media goes to our boy Miles Gaskin. Love it. We, uh, you know, we've been talking a lot about Miles Gaskin here lately on the show. Uh, we've talked about him all season long, actually. He was my in the scope target after week one. I said, if you can get him, get him. And, you know, the sad thing about Miles Gaskin is is the missed games, COVID. I mean, what, what can you do? That's just unlucky at that point. And the injuries, you know, that's unfortunate too, but it is what it is. But, you know, keep this in mind. Like, like Miles Gaskin was RB10 on a points per game basis this season. Uh, over a thousand receiving yards. He would have been on pace for 65 receptions, seven TDs. Like, like, like he was, he was big time balling. Like he, he didn't have those numbers and he comes, comes in somewhere around almost RB 30 because of the missed games. But I mean, 16.3 PPR points for an average. And he never really had that many touchdowns, four touchdowns. Like if he does have this job back next year, like you think those touchdowns have to go up. So this is what impresses me the most about him. And I think what swayed my vote was that he was out injured for two weeks and he comes back against Vegas in week 16 and drops 33 fantasy points. Like, no joke. He's legit. He's a, guy, he's a guy in Dynasty that I am selling the farm to get. That yes. that's a hot take. That's a controversial take too. Because <laughs> I don't it shouldn't be though, because look at what Miami is. They're a good team. And they, they're only going to go up. They're only going to get better. Brian Flores is a good coach. Tua is going to be a legit QB next year. Maybe. Not maybe. He's going <laughs> to. 
I love Miles Gaskin. I Gary, you're a dynasty guy, uh, you know, through and through here. Uh, what are you giving up to get Miles Gaskin, or are you selling him if, if you have him? I don't know. I mean, he just had that big game, and that's what everybody remembers. That's the problem with with fantasy football is it's good. You can use it to your advantage, but the recency bias. People remember the big game, and they're like, "Say, oh well, shoot, he's a he's a new star now." Instead of being able to get him cheap, I don't know what it would take to get him. I think it would it would be a minimum of a second round pick, and maybe you know maybe even a second and a third. I, I don't I, I don't know. Tom, I, I mean I don't know. I'm I'm probably still colder than you. I'm definitely colder than both of you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't like the injuries. I mean, we basically gave Justin Jefferson the award for best rookie of the year over Robinson for one missed game, and Gaskin missed a bunch. He missed, you know, the first COVID, bro playoffs. <laughs> like, if you were counting on that for anything, and then to plug him in in week sixteen is kind of like, a, is he going to get hurt again? I hope not. I mean, he ended up getting thirty three points, but very realistically, he could have gone out, gotten injured on the first drive, and left you with a stinker. I'm not saying that like you shouldn't get him or anything. I just don't want to, like Gary said, he's probably going to be a little inflated right now, and I'd like to just wait into the summer if he kind of like settles back down a bit and then trade for him. No, my, no, my advice here, I think, at, as a Gaskin loyalist at this point, uh, he won me my dynasty championship this last week, and I had him in about six of my seven leagues this year, so <laughs> I was a big fan of his. Uh, rode him a lot, but if they don't go out and spend an early round pick on a running back or sign a guy like Aaron Jones. Uh, you know, Miles Gaskin and Salvin Ahmed in this league, they, they can be a, a very, you know, profitable one-two punch, especially for fantasy points too. So, I, I mean, I'm going to hold him until that comes around and we see how the draft shakes out. But, uh, but yeah, that, that that's kind of where I'm on Miles Gaskin long-term. But today, baby, I'm partying. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, man. I, listen, I think Gaskin definitely gives him enough of a reason not to draft anybody. Like, I don't know why you would move on from him. Right. No, they, they have other needs. So, yeah. They, so I got I to gotta talk about Gaskin. Gaskin's my boy. He's been my boy since 2015, freshman year at UW. Um, always been a big fan of his. He really didn't get that in, injured that much in college. I don't really think he's an injury issue. I think this the timing of his injury this year was unfortunate. But if you look at everything before in his full workloads and everything after, I mean, this dude, he's, he's one of those guys that he just produces. He, he gets the carries. He gets the receptions to where, you know, I'm, I'm always scouring the stats and everything. Whenever I see that, you know, 15-plus carries, three or four, three, three to five catches on a consistent basis for a running back, I mean, my, my mouth waters over that stuff. And they're not going to draft a running back because they also have, have Savon Ahmed, who – Nobody really talked about, but when Gaston is out, he filled in admirably. Um, they've got, and also you have Wolf. Um, so well, now, now, Ahmed, back, baby. Ah, Ahmed is Ahmed. Ahmed, depending Ahmed. on what Ahmed. Um, it's Ahmed. Ahmed, got it. Ahmed, 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 got it. He's a. Don't forget, he's a free agent. So they have to sign him to a new deal to keep him, to keep him. I didn't know that until today, to be fair. Yeah, he, he was actually drafted by the Raiders, I'm pretty sure, and, and cut yeah, early on. Yep. Yeah, just like Lynn Bowden. You know, Tom <laughs> right. knows what he's doing, though. League winner Lynn Bowden. Scott, being a, a predominantly redraft guy, uh, if saying Miami does not sign 
any running backs, any big time players, Aaron Jones, anyone like that this offseason. And given they maybe use those early round picks on a Jameer Chase, they still do have that that probably fourth overall pick as well from the Texans. So, you know, that that'll be interesting to see what they what they do with that. But overall, like like how do you kind of see it shaping out here a little bit? Like like what would you spend on Miles Gaskin in twenty twenty one? In redraft? Um, yes. I mean, I'm, I'm a bit of a homer. I'd love to have him. So, I mean, in redraft, I'm, you know, running backs, they tend to fall off a cliff. I'm thinking third round, fourth round for Gaskin. He's That's just a consistent running back. I mean, he's pretty much a bell cow when he plays. When he gets the, he gets the touches. So, yeah. But yep. at that time, you'll know whether or not there was a, a draft pick or a free agent and all that. So, if he's the guy, yeah, that would, I would, I would yeah, think that's probably his name. Well, I was just gonna say, I think he's he's the he's the version like this this past year during the draft, a similar a similar place in the draft for a similar type of hype was James Conner. People saw him as a steal in the in the late third or wherever he was going. Uh, it didn't didn't pan out obviously, but Gaskin, if, if people forget, I think it's gonna be viewed in the same way. Just you know, just a, a little bit of a you know a diamond in the rough. You know, the third round's not not a sleeper or anything, but. He, you know, produces RB2 numbers when he's healthy. So, yeah. Absolutely. Um, we'll get to our next award here in a second, but, you know, did want to mention some other guys who, you know, really had some underdog seasons, and it was nice to see uh, Robert Tunyon from the Packers. That was awesome. Uh, Logan Thomas and Mike Davis. He was huge in the absence of Christian McCaffrey, Cole Beasley, and Chase Claypool. So I think it's unfair Tunyon is only a sleeper until you find out that he lived with George Kittle. Right. Because once you find that out, it's like, did they spoon? Did Kittle put his powers on to Tunyon? And that first game, he, like, I had the thought watching him, like, this dude looks like a George Kittle type guy. And then I think it was like Troy Aikman who's like, or no, it's Chris Collinsworth. He's like, you know, he he was a roommate of George Kittle's. For a couple of years, it's like no information shit. Yeah. I could have used yesterday <laughs> when I was looking for a tight end. <laughs> when you spend all your money on Drew Sample, <laughs> you know, I did, I did that. We've all we've all grown immensely. Um, you know, speaking of kind of the guys who are falling short here. Uh, Tom, do you want to introduce the the concept for our next award? Uh, this was kind of your idea, and you know, I think it's a great one. Yeah, man. Uh, every year, you know, there's definitely people that get all the hype, all the love. You go, you spend your hard-earned draft picks, your number one, number two, whatever, and you pick them up, and then they just suck all year. At the very least, suck way harder than they were supposed to. <laughs> and so this award is for those people. Sorry you had a crappy season, but we're going to clown on you a smidge. Um, I think consensus ended up voting uh, Ezekiel Elliott as the person who fell far, far short of the probably number one overall pick that you spent on him coming into the year and who literally just left you with nothing in the champ- like in the playoffs pretty much. A single-digit game to start, a blank for 15, and then – an okay game for 16, if you trusted him enough to play. I, I didn't trust him in, in, in a league. Like, it didn't really matter because I was out of it at that point. But, yeah, like, I don't know if I would have if I was in a championship game. Zeke, like, th- that sucked, man. That really sucked, especially if, like, 
at least a lot of these first round picks we've we've kind of talked like we could talk about Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley. Like, can you really call those guys a bust? Like, sure they kind of burned you and like, like, but I mean, you played Zeke and he sucked, right? Well, it wasn't you weren't playing him because he was injured. He didn't tear his ACL in week two. It was Dak Prescott is in the quarterback of this offense, and it apparently makes Ezekiel Elliott irrelevant. And I wonder how much that is that they had to change their offensive scheme with Dalton to where it didn't favor that style of play that allowed it to open up for Zeke. But whatever it was. I think it was just, I mean, it, I mean, obviously Dak getting injured just turned everything on its ass in that offense. And then, I mean, it had it, been one thing if Ben Dalton was just the starter the rest of the year, but then you had God knows who coming in when Dalton got hurt. So, I mean, yeah. It takes a, it takes an NFL offense with that with that kind of change a while to figure it out. And I mean, you know, Zeke had a couple of good games here and there sprinkled in. But I mean, since week six, ten points a game PPR. Sorry, like I mean, for me, it was a it was a toss up between um, Zeke and Joe Mixon. But at least with Joe Mixon, yeah, you've been able to play, been able to play somebody else since week. Six. He he got hurt though. That's not like fair. Zeke played every game and just sucked. Like well, that's, no, that's, why, that's why I'm saying Zeke. That's why he gets it over Joe Mixon for me is because with you can pick up Bernard, right? And I didn't have to <laughs> play somebody else who wasn't shitty. At least that that was the idea each week to play not shitty people. But um, but yeah, Zeke. I think he's the I think he's the clear clear guy here. Especially, I mean, you know, the other guy on the list, you know, Clyde, Kansas City Clyde. Um, you know, from where you drafted him, that was pretty disappointing. But, I mean, Zeke was arguably more disappointed and he drafted him a little bit higher. So, Yeah. Only a little bit, though. Like, I saw people taking yeah. CH in the first round, and I'm just like, like – six, six, seven overall by uh, the end of the offseason. Really yes. where I just lost. I was at six or five or something. I was, I was staring down CEH or Derrick Henry. And, I mean, I took Derrick Henry. Next guy took CEH. But – I think about how things would have gone had I chosen differently there. Because I get a little bit of that rookie-itis, you know, where I'm just like, totally. a rookie. Yeah. I can't wait. <laughs> I, Scott, I agree with you 100%. Like, in my home league, which is a very competitive, like, redraft, like, everyone takes it super serious. It's not one of those, like, home leagues where good people get dropped or anything like that. But, yeah, it's same thing. The guy who won it, he was at – uh, I think he was at pick six and I think at pick five or he, the guy who won it was at pick seven, the guy at pick six, he ended up uh, taking CH over Derek Henry, Henry falls to seven. Uh, you know, that guy ends up winning the league. So yeah, it, it's funny how you say that then things can kind of shake up a little differently just by doing one, one simple mistake and, and getting that rookie fever early on here. I had Kareem Hunt his rookie year in Kansas city. So I was a little bit blinded by that. Oh, another, <laughs> yes. In Kansas City, can't fail. Uh, before we move on to our final word of the night, just want to round out uh, the falling short award here. Chris Godwin, he's another candidate. Tom, you were pretty, you were pretty heated on Chris Godwin. I mean, I, I had him as a top five receiver, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I'm a big Mike Evans truther, so I was astounded at the disrespect that the Mike Evans saw all season. All year, where Chris Godwin's like going in the first round, Mike Evans is going in like the third for some reason, and then Chris Godwin ends up being wide receiver thirty-eight by the end of the year when you he you drafted him to be like your number one guy. 
So that's rough. That that's big. That is rough. I was high on Zeke though. Blowing your 101 and getting that in return, or maybe your 102, like that's just yep. that's your whole season gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. Um Cooper Cup, guys, uh, you know, that was a frustrating situation. He he three touchdowns this season. Like that's that's crazy. Like he was one of those slot receivers who you could just count on week in and week out last season to, you know, at least get you a touchdown every other game. And they didn't come his way this season. Uh, somehow it was Robert Woods who had none last season. Last year, of course, I dropped draft Robert Woods. This year I go Cooper Cup to try to balance that out and, you know, get bit in the ass a little bit. But it is what it is. Um, Jared you know, Goff is not a good quarterback. Now that one I will agree with you on. I'll yeah. agree with you on that, too. He's overpaid, too. He's overpaid. I mean, I, I put him on the level of of, uh, of Kirk as well, but, you know. Um, he's not just overpaid. He's overemployed. The dude should be a backup. Hey, Nate, Nate, who do you got, Goff or Cousins? You had to choose. Good question. <laughs> well, now. Whew. It's Cousins. Big Cousins. <laughs> it's Probably. Cousins. I hate to say it, but yeah, it's cousins. Okay. I take cousins over yeah, Goff. I agree. I was just checking because no, totally fair. Goff got to a Super Bowl though, at least, so that's lit. Like you have to give him a little bit of credit. Because yeah, of Sean Let's be clear here. It wasn't yeah. because Jared Goff. It was the yeah. scheming that McVay figured out for Goff in that offense, and Todd Gurley was really good that year. Yeah, until the yeah. playoffs, though, and then it was C.J. Anderson. Yeah. That's true. CJ, my boy. Loves <laughs> CJ. Jared Goff just had to not screw up that year. That's all he needed. And yep. then the Patriots came in and took away Todd Gurley. And then Jared Goff screwed up the whole game. Yep. Right. That was one of the most boring Super Bowls I've ever oh, watched. Good Lord. Yeah, that was rough. No loss. I mean, I watched Goff closely this weekend because I was watching the Seahawks and he looked like a rookie. This week, this this oh he looked he's looked awful all season. I mean, he you know sliding instead of picking up the first down on third down, the interception he threw to Quandre Diggs was I mean it was a beautiful pass to Quandre Diggs. I know. (laughs) (laughs) He's too Jekyll and Heidi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if the Rams are smart, they're in the market for a quarterback this off season. They're in the market to trade Jared Goff, with which is you know good luck with that because I don't, no, I don't know. No, they're gonna have it. to. Re- maybe they could release Jared Goff, and I, I hear Dwayne Haskins is yeah, there. Haskins is available. No, don't do, get, do it. He, do you know how many strip in Washington? There? That's what I was about there's, to say. Yeah, there's so many strip clubs in LA. Like, I mean, it's <laughs> dreamland for him. He'll be happy. Just send Goff to Adam Gase and bring Darnold over to the Rams. Call it a day. So I guess uh, we actually have an MVP award we're going to give out. We do. Thank you. Thank you, Gary. Gary, you're part of the professional transition. Yes, we appreciate it, Gary. Um, Scott, (laughs) as as one of our newest members of In Between Media, uh, and also you voted for, you were the the decisive vote in this one. Would you please give out our In Between Media? Man of the Season Award, uh, a.k.a. the Fantasy MVP, please. All right. This one this one for me is completely unbiased. He was not on any of my teams. Um, I was one of the people that didn't necessarily think this switch Same. to the uh, AFC East was going to be good for him. But for me, it's Stefan Dix. Um, obviously, we've got a fantasy MVP list here, so there's tons of heavy hitters on here. But my reasoning behind Stefan Diggs, um, 
my tiebreaker between him and people like Derrick Henry and Travis Kelsey, Travis Kelsey was honestly my runner up. Um, but is the fact that where you drafted him, you got one of three receivers that scored 300 fantasy points this year. Uh, you got a guy that just completely torched your opponent in the fantasy championships. Um, and I mean, you got a guy, I mean, the way, you know, he wasn't terrible in Minnesota, but how good he was this year, it almost feels like he was with Adam Gase before he got to Buffalo because of how good he your was. Cousins. It's like he had a better quarterback. <laughs> You listen, listen, I you yeah. like that quarterback. You're right. Josh Allen is better. Oh my yeah. god, Josh Allen is. Who you, got, who you got? Josh Allen or Kirk Cousins? <laughs> Josh Allen. <laughs> there, I I think. Anyway, you have to like sit down and think about it. But there's like maybe three quarterbacks I take over Josh Allen next year. Maybe, maybe Patrick Mahomes yeah, for sure. It's the only did. one. Diggs put up like first round wide receiver numbers and you got him for a much, much more of a value ADP than that. So, I mean, that was how I, that's how I kind of factored in the tiebreaker between all of these studs on this list. Um, yeah. I mean, I think in both of, in both of my like longstanding leagues, Stefan Diggs is, is on the team that won the championship. You yep. know, so I mean, there's other people, Montgomery on championship teams. There's there's various others, obviously. Um, Probably Kelsey. What's that? Probably Kelsey. Yeah, yeah, yeah like that. Um, and obviously Kamara. Um, but yeah, Diggs was just such such because uh, you know it seems like we go through that every year where there's this really talented receiver who switches teams and it's just like all this uncertainty about how's that going to be for good reason because we don't know. And he just knocked it completely out of the park as far as expectations. I mean, yeah, that was kind of my rationale for voting for Stefan Diggs this year. Scott, I, I also kind of approached it like you, like who was the best value at the end of the day? And, you know, a six or a seventh round pick in a lot of normal redraft leagues for Stefan Diggs. I was down on him specifically because, you know, a lot of the time we've seen recently uh, these big play receivers, like I, I started doing some heavy research into this over the off season. I'd have to go back into one of my earlier columns and look specifically, but there was something like, I think only one receiver in the last six years with switching teams has been a wide receiver one previous to this year. And it was Brandon Marshall when he went to the jets that one year that he just got a ton of targets. Like, so there was that season and, and because, but other than that, there wasn't really a lot of history other than, you know, going back into the, to the late 2000s with Randy Moss and Tom Brady of, you know, stud receivers going to a new place and, and doing really well. OBJ last season for the Browns. I mean, that guy was a, was a top 15 overall pick and ended up falling. And, you know, I'm with you here, Scott, on Stefan Diggs. The guy had a Michael Thomas like season. He never busted. He was consistent the whole time. Didn't get hurt. And, you know, at the end of the day, he put up like 20, 25 and 40 plus in the fantasy playoffs. So, I mean, yep. you can't argue with that. No, and you got him, like we said, a significant discount to someone like Michael Thomas. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think a lot of people weren't sold on Josh Allen being, like, a great quarterback. Like, I wasn't one of them. I, well, I didn't think he would do what he did this year. And, like, I feel like that extra layer of confusion about how Diggs' future is going to shake out. Like, I, I'm absolutely floored. Like a lot of my family live in New York and they're like diehard Bills fans and stuff. And like, well, great for them this year. Like, holy cow, like everything finally is coming together. 
<laughs> so ask Jen. We watch. We watch the draft at least the first round every year. Ask Jen how mad I was when the Broncos passed on Josh Allen and took Bradley Chubb. Mm. <laughs> you like out standing up, walking around the living room, like throwing it. Up. <laughs> oh, I was I was so mad. So like, I, I understand Bradley Chubb is talented, and he's talented. But Josh Allen, to me, coming out of college, was a franchise-changing quarterback. And what has he been in Buffalo? He has turned that franchise around. Quarterback. Yeah. They yeah. won the NFC, the AFC East. They haven't. I mean, I mean, the Patriots, thirty-eight to nine, or whatever it was. We. So, gentlemen, um, I do want to round us out here with. Uh, going through our, our, our other nominees for this award who did not receive any votes. Aaron Jones had a great start to the season, uh, you know, just didn't get the volume towards the end of it, which is understandable considering the Packers situation, uh, but still a great pick for where you got him in the draft. Uh, Dalvin Cook as well, you know, first round player. He played like it this season, you know, put the team on his back, but we never really saw those explosive games here down in the playoffs, which, you know, was a little dis- disappointing. Uh, you know, it, players like David Montgomery in the playoffs were, were better than Dalvin Cook. So I think if Dalvin Cook had a better playoff run, he was definitely in, in consideration for this award probably. Yep. Different conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I'm actually surprised there are no votes for either Aaron Rodgers or Devonte Adams. Um, f- for me uh, to reveal a little bit of bias, I have Adams in my home league and, you know, I was super happy with him all season long, but, just that that week fifteen dud, man. That week fifteen dud ends up really burning you. Uh, then you go off for two hundred in the in the third place third place matchup. You know that, that's that's what happens. You have Mike Evans, Jeff Wilson Jr., Miles Gaskin, Devontae Adams all on a squad, and, and you're sitting there in third. So, but <laughs> so I I think that's the rationale. Is that the rationale you guys kind of took? Is is they didn't really have that big week fifteen there that you were looking for, or, or was there something else you were waiting for those Packers? I voted just... Kelsey because um, he was just a game changer. If you had him on your team, I mean, he was he was like a wide – if he was a wide receiver, he'd be like a wide receiver three or four this year. I mean, in mm-hmm. uh, the tight end position, he was like 150 points more than Hawkinson. And Hawkinson was the PE3, and we were just talking him up. But, I mean, it was just like night and day. So the positional advantage you have by having Kelsey in there, to me, was what why my vote went there. I didn't – after I started listening to you guys talk about it, because you had to spend like a second round pick, a pretty mid, probably second rounder on him. So you invested big in the position and it, and it would have paid off in this case. And that's why I like when you guys said Diggs, it's like, yeah, you can get him for an eighth round. And he was another, I mean, he's a, a changer, game changer as well. But that was my Kelsey vote. And I don't know why I didn't go. Aaron Rodgers would be a great one now that you think about it. He's, I mean, he had some good value because he everyone was down on him again this year and and he came through like he always has yeah for yeah. me i mean it, you know I, I already explained stefan Diggs. kelsey was my runner-up for that exact reason i mean as far as like taking number you know the number one score compared to the number two score at any of these positions i mean leaps and bounds ahead of everybody by a lot by by a wide margin um the reason i didn't pick adams i wouldn't pick rogers because honestly if i was going to pick a quarterback on this list it would be josh allen but um, yeah. The reason I didn't pick Adams is because he really didn't outscore Diggs by that much, and you got him five rounds. You got you got Diggs five rounds earlier. That, that's, mm-hmm. that's where my brain went. So, yeah, I, Diggs isn't on this. I'm probably taking Adams or Kelsey. Awesome. 
Awesome. Uh, Nate, you had, you had a, a, you know, disagreeing opinion. You, you went with the Yeti, Derrick Henry. What was your Derek, thoughts on Derrick, on Derrick Henry? Derrick Henry single-handedly got me into that dynasty startup IDP league championship, got Jed and I in. I mean, dude, he, and he was just like, he's a beast. He is a beast. He won. He probably won us probably six different matchups this year, maybe seven. Like without him, there's no way we win. Without Derrick Henry, there's no way I take that. We take that team to the playoffs. However, you guys swayed me. I would now after this conversation, I would change my vote to Stephon Diggs. The only thing I would say about Derrick Henry, and it was a great season. Um, I mean. When you look at the when you look at the point totals and you look at the actually rushing yards he had, I mean, if this guy could catch more passes, it would be insane. Like, like right. his last, you know, five of his last six or four of his last six games, excuse me, he has over 130 rushing yards. That's insane, guys. That's literally crazy. But I mean, it is. week 13 though. I mean, he falls short a little bit only get 60 rushing yards and even in the championship here I think like people were expecting more like yeah he had the 98 yards on the ground but at the end of the day you need a tutty or you need a you know a long run you need a reception like you need something from Derrick Henry and I feel like that was maybe the the only thing that kind of left him out of this discussion for, for myself here which yeah, is fair for him to not be part of the list of people that went off in a snowy game against the Green Bay Packers run defense Ooh. yeah I mean, right I know I don't like yeah. the way like oh he shit the bed in this championship so I'm not voting for him but I mean he kind of let people he let people down in the playoffs for sure. Um, Tom. Yeah, and, I was gonna say like, he's <laughs> the whole reason I made it to the playoffs and then yeah, like, the whole reason I yeah. lost the championship game. Dude, and, I was and, I was terrified going into Monday against you because you had Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill, Tom. I know. So there's right? no way. Derrick Henry's going to go off for yeah. like 95 points because that's my luck and I don't win championships. Listen, you know, I was hoping for it, man, but I know you I were. that's like one of his only weaknesses. Like that's why I won't, I didn't vote for him here is because if he ever gets game scripted out, he's toast because he can't catch passes. Right. And in games sure. like this where it's a, at like bad weather, normally running backs absolutely smash in that kind of weather. But Derrick Henry is such like a – he's such a north-south runner. Like he just hit hard, go through people, and you can't really do that in the snow. He's not great at being agile. Really. No, he's not. That's fair. So I, I think like it was sad, but like I kind of expected it, I guess. Like I, I'm complaining about a 98-yard game, but, <laughs> you know, he didn't well, have a hard well, there, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's just a poor man's A.J. Dillon, apparently. So. <laughs> that's what i heard <laughs> absolutely well guys um we're gonna we're not gonna leave you hanging just yet we have one more section for you today um you know wanted to congratulate again all our award recipients tonight stefan diggs takes home the big one my boy miles gaskin nate sky nate stan over there david montgomery takes home the redemption award the emerging hero award goes to my boy justin jefferson and uh ryan Tannehill, tom who stuck by him early days of the summer who, who wanted to take him over all those guys with the higher adp he takes home the uh you know didn't see that coming award the curveball award and uh to round it out here guys um here in between media the, the one thing i'll say and you know 
I have to give a lot of thanks to you guys and, and our team and our support system out there in the community. It's been amazing. But the one thing that, you know, really sets us apart here is, is we're not afraid to talk about other things that maybe aren't super fantasy related. Um, you know, it has been a crazy year from, from the very go of, of 2020. And I, I don't think people really remember, but there was like some Iran, uh, Iranian tensions kind of earlier in the year. And, you know, so it was a very tension filled year as a whole for the U S but, you know, I feel like you, you four gentlemen and myself are people who took it in stride. And so, you know, with that being said, I'd like to round this out with my favorite segment of our show, weekly advice, but this is some advice heading into 2021. Weekly. And Gary, with you being the, the newest member of In Between Media, and I feel like you always really understood what we tried to say in our columns uh, about, you know, this life advice. I, I think I think you're a great one to kick it off for us, man. So, yeah, that worked out perfect because you just said something that wasn't fantasy football. And that's kind of where my head was going when we were thinking of this. But my advice would be um, when playing fantasy football, I think Nate mentioned this in something the other day, too, was like, don't get so wound up in the winning and the losing. You know, I started playing fantasy football for the camaraderie, the friendships, to build relationships with people that I worked with. And even now, you know, some of the people we're getting in some leagues now for next year already with, with you know, guys from the community and girls from the gals from the community, just for friendship. I mean, we're not putting any money on the line. It's just something for fun. And that's what I wanted to, you know, kind of reiterate everyone to remember that this is for fun. We've had a kind of a bad Twitter week, right? With a lot of people kind of just whatever, you know, and I think a lot of it might have to do with people are just pissed off. They lost week 15 or something happened or this guy got hurt or whatever it was. And, and everyone's just a little more angry over something that really isn't as important in the big picture compared to like what you were just saying about, I mean, the, the world, you know, everything else that's going on. So, um, so, so my advice is just roll with it. It's supposed to be fun and have fun doing it. Thank you, Gary. Love Thank it. you. Scott, what do you got, brother? All right. I also love this section. Um, mine for next year, um, do what you can to become a better person, to become a better human. Um, there's a lot of little things you can do. There's things I work on um, to just be just be a little bit better of a person. I'm not. A, this isn't. I'm not calling anyone a bad person. That's not what the point of this is. It's just that we all have the ability to improve. Um, it, this is this is echoed a little bit by some of the negativity and some of the issues that I've seen on Twitter that have, you know, created feels within me. Um, you know, personally, one thing I've been doing recently is I've been trying to kind of analyze and learn more about maybe behaviors, language I use, etc. That's you know ingrained in me from childhood and just growing up and hearing things in the media and watching movies and TV and just things that I don't even think about. I'm trying to learn maybe some of that stuff is inappropriate. Maybe some of that stuff, you know, not intentionally by me, but maybe that potentially hurts somebody and I don't even know it. For example, um, at my current place of employment, we do this thing where we look at some of this language and the term like a brown bag lunch, right? That's something where in the, in the professional world, it's somewhere where you go and you teach people about something they don't know about. Well, that term brown bag has pretty significant racial origins. So I'm not gonna use it anymore. There's other words I can use for that. 
you know, a lunch and learn, whatever it might be. But that's an example of what I'm talking about. Um, you know, I, I'm not telling anybody to censor themselves. I'm not telling anybody to, you know, it's just, I said it yesterday, like, I understand people get frustrated that it seems like everybody's getting offended by everything now and can't say anything. And my whole thought on that is no, it's always been offensive. All these things that are being said have always been offensive. It's just that there's more people calling attention to it now and that's uncomfortable for people that don't want to change. So just work on being a better person, please. Thank you. Love it. Amen, Scott. Scott. Appreciate that, brother. Uh, Tom, you know, you've been my guy since day one, dude. You've always come in with, you know, you've always rounded out our shows with a little bit of, of good life advice heading into 2021 after what's been a shit storm of a 2020, brother. What, what do you got for us, man? Well, honestly, I mean, I, I definitely talked a bit in the column I put out this week about how I am like an incredibly anxious person. And that's definitely been like, a struggle of mine. And I don't just mean like general worry work type things. Like I legit mean it's, you know, it can be debilitating for like entire days at a time. Um, so I think what I'm focusing on heading into 2021 is just kind of taking this year, you know, taking the personal growth that I took that I, that I had this year, taking that into next year with me, leaving everything else behind and just focusing on like living in the moment, you know? So just, taking my time to wake up and take every second of the day like it could be my last one and just be present and enjoy things instead of you know always worrying about what's coming 10 20 years from now for no reason thank you thank you tom that's that's awesome bro i i appreciate your column and i appreciate it now dude you know and you know that's the best thing we can do dude control what you can control and and let let the life you know play out how it's going to play out i guess yeah, pretty much just vibe now, I guess. <laughs> just... Yeah, vibe. absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, and and uh, I I guess I'll go ahead and say mine, and you know it, it might sound like a super cliche thing coming from the guy who started in between media, but this is really our slogan here, and and I mean it n- now more than ever is stay in between. Like so much of life is an A to B journey. You know, there's so much we're always trying to to be something, whether it's good at our job, if we're trying to be the next fantasy football analyst that's on TV, you know, you know, we're, we're all trying to be something. And at the end of the day, while that's great to have goals and I have you know, bigger goals than I probably should at the end of the day, you need to enjoy the road getting there. It's about the journey and not the destination. And that's what we are here at in between media guys. Like, like we're going to enjoy this ride. And so much has happened Tom since, you know, that first podcast, six six months ago you know when it was just you and i here at in between media and now i have these three gentlemen with us as well and and everyone else we've added to our team and the community as a whole and it's been such a fun ride and and i couldn't have predicted any of it that any of it would have happened that i would have met nate on twitter i would have met gary on twitter like scott on twitter but but you know here we are guys and you know i just want to say cheers to you cheers to making it through this year and uh I love you guys. Like, I love you guys. Thank you for everything. And let's keep it in between here heading into 2021. That goes out to all our listeners as well. Good luck to you this year. And let's just have fun with it. So I'm going to kind of piggyback off of Seth a little bit. If you would have told me in January that I would be sitting in my basement studio on a live stream with the four of you 
I would have said, I would love some of what you're smoking. Sounds <laughs> fun. Let's get at it. Let's do it. I also would matter. like to go to Wonderland with Alice. Wow. Um, I really can't believe that I'm here, that I'm doing I'm So you guys know me as this person. Um, I'm not a very, like, outgoing person. I've, I've never been a real um, social person. I've had a lot of uh, difficulty in, like, believing in myself, I guess. Uh, I've never had a lot of self-confidence. Ask Jen. She knows. It's been a battle for me for I'm 38 for 38 years, this pandemic gave me an opportunity to change all of that and change myself and just be a more open person. And it's the craziest thing. Like if I hadn't responded to the retweet of a tweet that Seth sent out from in between media, which is so uncharacteristic of me to have ever done. I like, I told Jen and she was like, what? <laughs> and I'm like sitting I'm like I've never DM'd anybody on Twitter before I don't even know if this is going to work is he going to see it is he going to look at it and laugh at And here, but now here I am like I, I have this has been a weird year the pandemic part has sucked but without it I wouldn't be here I wouldn't know any of you guys and for the first time in my life I actually feel like I'm a part of a community that accepts me I've never had that before I've had these weird rotating groups of friends that didn't really care. I've been pushed around, but I actually believe in myself now. And without the four of you, there's no way I'd be there. Without this community, there's no way I'd be here. Like, this is so, if you had told me a year ago, I'd be talking about this even. Like, it's nuts. So, two, 2020 sucked. But also, it wasn't that bad. Like, here we are talking about football three days before New Year's, like my new best friends. And yeah. it's the crazy – you guys are all better friends than I've ever had in my life, and I mean that. And this whole community is so incredible. It's – like, Tyler – I love Tyler. Love Tyler. Never, never thought I'd meet someone like Tyler my entire life. Like mm – -hmm. I've righted, I've righted a lot of things in my life. I've learned a lot about myself and I've become a better person at a time that I had to learn to be a better person. And I just want to say thank you to this whole community, everybody, Seth, Tom, Scott, Gary, Tyler, Herms, seriously, like Mike Fiella, Chase Vernon. Cool Comet Club, baby. Comet Club, baby. <laughs> Unicorn, Andrew, G-Man, Jay. Jay is one of the – I love Jay to death. I love all of you to death. And I Jen. I can't say all of you my name. Well, well, obviously, I love her. I married her. <laughs> right, right, She's right. right. my 101. Oh, her. And also, I want to give a special shout-out to Jen. How many wives do you know that would have jumped in and started writing about fantasy football with their husband? And have gotten as involved in all of this as she has. Like, I uh, I outkicked my coverage, yo. <laughs> for sure. That's for a good sure, thing, though. Sure. Good thing. It is a good thing. <laughs> yeah. But I just 
I'm so appreciative. And I've said it a lot the last like week or so in the community, but I just love this community. I love all of these people. You've been so good to me. And I'm so looking forward to 2021 and everything we have coming and all the awesome things we're going to do. And thank all of you for coming along for the ride. I think I speak for all five of us when I say thank you. Thank you for appreciating what we do. We're different. We're driven. We love it. And thank you for supporting us. Absolutely. Nate, I, I couldn't have said it any better myself, brother. Uh, Tom, Gary, Scott, Nate, thank you guys so much for you know coming along with us on this journey this year. And thank you to all of our families as well. Allie, uh, Tom's wife, Katie, my girlfriend, Gary, your family, Scott, your family, everyone else here in between media and their families to, you know, really like, like this is a big chunk of our times. I I don't get much free time during this year, but I consider fantasy football and the work we, we do here free time. I consider it fun and not work, but it, it is a big time commitment. We put out, you know, five to six columns a week during the regular season. We do this pot live stream. It's a podcast the next day. Like we have a lot going on and, and guys, it's been so much fun. So thank you for all the support from our families, from our friends, uh, everyone out there. It has been an absolute sincere blast, you know, just to see the personal growth from every one of you in this room with me tonight. Um, and even myself, it is seriously so, so awesome to see we're going to continue to do this. We're going to continue to find the silver linings in life and fantasy football. We're going to do that in 2021. We're going to take a couple of weeks break here, realign ourselves, and we'll have more content for you next season. And uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks with season three of the In Between Fantasy Football podcast. Guys, it, we did it. Here we are. We did it. We made it. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> Hey, everyone, I appreciate it so much. Uh, ev- listeners out there, streamers, ev- everyone who's been tuning in this season, thank you. Keep it in between, and we'll see you in 2021, baby. <laughs>